0: It is my pleasure to welcome back to the iHub Radio Live line a friend of the family. He is the vice president of the Coachella Valley region for Forest Lawn. And we're going to talk about something that is never easy to talk about, but uh, if I had to talk about it, I'm glad that I'm doing it with him because he always makes it easy to talk about. Let's say hello to Larry Davis. Hi, Larry. How are you? Hi, John. I'm I'm well. Thank you. Thanks for asking. You bet. And I um, am looking at some pretty wicked statistics for California and Southern California in particular. Uh, so far, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, they have attributed in California sixty thousand and fifty-seven deaths uh, as of this afternoon. And here in Southern California, covering a five-county region of L.A., Riverside, San Bernardino, San Diego, and Orange County, the number is right around 40,000, so like two-thirds of the state's population that has passed due to conditions related to the coronavirus have been here in Southern California. You can't think about that and not think about the impact that that has had on your industry, and so I wanted to reach out and ask you how you guys have handled over the past year this influx of substantially more deaths. I have to presume that uh this is a lot more than you've been used to dealing with in an average year. Is that true?
1: That that would be correct. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah it's been um it's been very uh it's been a difficult year for all of us as it has been for the families we serve, and everyone in in the nation, um, and people don't often think what happens. You know, they know people die, and then you don't hear, you know, about the individual where they go or what mortuary handles it or what kind of services they have. But we've been very impacted, as all our uh, friends and colleagues in our profession have been, and um, you know, from shortages in PPE equipment to. Shortages in burial vaults right now, and some things take a while to become a shortage. It's difficult to buy an embalming machine right now, which seems to be, you know, uh, kind of an odd thing. But um, other things that we use daily um, are in short supply because of the number of uh, people that we've been handling over the last year.
0: And are you are you working with other people in the industry here in the region? do you guys collaborate in a situation like this where there's been this sudden influx of substantially more uh, deceased people to have to deal with uh, are you trying to help one another or I any- well, we, we do some but people we all we all use a lot the same a lot of the same
1: resources and we we share resources we share information on where we can get resources Um but you know, families selected a, a certain funeral home or mortuary for very specific reasons and the business model or the 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 way things are handled or you know, they expect to use and, and use the mortuary that they've selected pretty exclusively. And that doesn't mean we haven't helped out loan equipment or loan things or, or pointed them in the right direction or the same with with others and us. It's it is we all certainly work together. We're in a very um um, business that professional business that we we respect everyone who serves our families and serves their families and so uh, why there's not a big overt you know gathering and we're also so busy we've really kind of kept our heads down and keep moving forward uh, but our state associations that we all belong to different ones and the same ones they've been very helpful and especially disseminating information that can get very confusing when you start with a cdc you go to the county state level, county level, and then um, some of the other uh, regulatory agencies that get involved with us. So,
0: Have you or others that you know in the industry been put in a situation, Larry, where you've had to tell somebody, there's no room at the end, we can't help you?
1: We have not, no. We well, that's have, good. We we have not, and we, we would not. Uh, there have been some, not, and I don't know any in our specific area, but we've received calls from people that have, uh, especially out of the area that don't know the area that like, I had a call from a a friend of mine that uh, used to do business in this area. And uh, her son's father-in-law had died and she thought he was in Corona, but he was in Chino and she didn't know how far Chino or Corona was from us. Uh. Couldn't get a, uh, they were having trouble getting a mortuary to answer phones. And sometimes it took a while for all of us to answer phones because the influx of calls, but we were able to assist them and get them uh, connected with a more local mortuary to where the decedent was. And, and people are, you know, get creative and, you know, people that know me call me personally, people that know our organization call us and, but no, we have not had to turn anyone away.
0: Do you think that uh, in part the impact of, something like this where people who never thought that they were at a point where they were going to have to plan ahead, uh, does this actually help businesses like yours market the importance of doing advanced planning? Because suddenly there's a lot of people who thought probably that they were not going to have to deal with, you know, death being in a different situation all of a sudden, just as though it was, you know, some sort of a sudden accident that had happened. Um, this ha- can't be easy on people either when they can't be around their loved ones at the end of their life if they were, for instance, in a hospital and, yeah. you know, they weren't able to see them there, let alone uh, the social distance rules that I'm sure you had to abide by in terms of people who would otherwise have a funeral.
1: Right. Um... I'm trying to think what part of that question to answer clearly, but (laughs) the answer is yes to all of it. It's, it's been a very difficult time. Um, We have um, certainly had an increase in our, in our at-need business, but it has um, made people more aware that we're all vulnerable, you know, and and all ages. Um, And we have had young people and we've had uh, older people and we've had every ethnic background and, and so it's and and I was just before you came on I was listening to your news break and they're talking about um the Hispanic folks that have a higher rate among young people and um you know I, we need to look at all these um different uh, folks and and we the government and and agencies need to help and see where the the need is and um but it, but it does hit everyone. It it, it certainly has an impact on some uh, folks more than others. But um, people are, I think, realizing that um, it can happen to any of us at any time. And um, so we are seeing an uptick in in people pre planning, um, and it's and everything is done by phone or virtually on on, on uh, you know Teams or or Zoom or something it's hard to get in in front of people because of the social distance. And yes, we do abide by all the regulations and we're actually governed under OSHA, which is a real tough organization to be governed under. And and they have mandates what our and artists are different than, than restaurants and churches and um, because of who we're inspected by and, and their fines and their, the way they handle things are pretty tough. And uh, we've been very successful in, uh, in, abiding by all the mandates from all the different organizations. We have a great team of our uh, compliance uh, attorneys on staff that help us with with all these issues.
0: So give us an idea, if you can. I'm not going to ask for specific numbers, but if you have a ballpark in terms of percentages, how many more people did you have to deal with than you ordinarily would in, say, a quarter or a year this past year uh, over what you did maybe the uh, year before this pandemic started uh, in terms of the extra uh, stress on, on the system at Forest Lawn?
1: Well, we're, we're very fortunate that we, um, we have a large organization and we have a lot of resources and assets. And as this started to unfold, we um, we as as a group of uh, the operations team and the, the legal team and the the purchasing team, we all got together and, and we evaluated what resources we already had, and which were substantial. But you can go through those, you know, in in pretty short order if you're not carefully watching things. I mean, even as everybody experienced toilet paper, you know, we, right. <laughs> but, but we had, you know, we had a warehouse that had, you know, an ample enough supply. And then we, we have uh, people that we've done purchasing with over the years and our purchasing department is very good at um, kind of getting ahead of things, but there, there certainly were shortages, like I said, you know, who, not a lot of people out there buying embalming machines, but it takes longer to get them. Burial vaults right now, the local district cemeteries are—you are, um, can't do a burial until mid-May right now because that's how far out they—they they are with uh, having the resources to be able to do that.
0: So, what do you do in that situation then? If somebody it's passes different. and they want to be uh, laid to rest in a place like that, uh, are they just kept on ice?
1: Well, there we—we are encouraging embalming because that helps the preservation, but they are kept in refrigeration. We've added refrigeration units uh, to all of our parks, and um, we keep them very respectfully and, and dignified as we do anyone. And, and, and we, can, we can allow for that much time. Um, you know, there's been some that we've had to wait several weeks or months for because of travel or, or different issues that come up and, and restrictions on things, especially um, uh, transferring remains out of the country have been very difficult and somewhat into the country's difficult. So, but people are there. Uh, they, they trust us we tell them the truth. We, we share with them. We keep them very much informed of what each issue we have. And, and um, we can only do what the law permits and what the safety issues are for our staff and for the families. And so certainly we've reduced the number of people that can come into the building that could, I mean, we went from, you know, funeral services with, two or three hundred people, at them to funeral services where there were five family members is all we could have under a mandate of, of the governmental agencies and how many people you could have in social distancing. And those things are opening up again, which is really great.
0: You know, as I look and see, 559,000 people have died in the United States so far. Another 2,564 passed away in the past 24 hours. And the deaths worldwide were 2.89 million to date. That's a lot of souls leaving the planet and from, you know, just one year and for one specific cause. So I imagine that some people are going to think, well, if you're in the funeral industry, you're probably making bank. You're probably cashing in. And that's not necessarily the case, is it? Because I have to also imagine that in a circumstance like this, you also have a lot more investment that you have to make to be able to keep up with and accommodate the need to bury loved ones.
1: That's, that's true, John. The, the number of families we serve has certainly gone up but the cost of serving families has gone up exponentially exponentially. I can't say that word, but um it's um you know, when I just look around the office and you see shields that we've had to put up in the lobby and between desk and we've had to send people home that can work at home, we've had to buy laptops and, and monitors and chairs and computers and different things. I mean, the cost of the support staff, to continue to support our families and the increased number of families we're serving. Um, yeah, it, I, uh, we're, we're not, um, as you put it making bank where we are uh, serving our families, we're doing it fairly and, and professionally and modestly with the cost. We have not increased costs. And, and quite frankly, you cannot charge any additional costs for a COVID decedent um so any precautionary measures we take are just measures we to take in order to keep our families safe and our, certainly our employees safe and in the mortuary in in the preparation room and when we handle a decedent no matter what they die of we handle handle everyone with universal precautions and we have for years and those precautions continue to you know improve with time and as we evaluate what those precautions are but um you know, we, we've survived some very serious uh, health crises, age AIDS crisis, the SARS and the other um, flu syndromes that we've had and and certainly COVID. And uh, we don't have our our staff members getting COVID from decedents um, because we take universal, but we don't have them getting any other kind of uh, illnesses from decedents Um and we don't; it's not spread that way. So, yeah. Uh, but to focus more on the question of costs and and profits, um, we're not um, we're not making bank. We're not we we are um, conservative in how we price things. We have not had any increases in pricing uh, as relationship to the COVID, and um, the cost of serving families is greater because of all the things we do.
0: So. In. Uh, absolutely understood. Look, I know that, um, what it, I felt so relieved back in February when we had a celebration of life for my co-founder of this radio station and he had passed away right before Christmas last year. And mm-hmm. I know that it would have killed me personally to not have been able to gather with people, loved ones, To celebrate his life, and his family, in fact, had to postpone having a family service uh, because of uh, other ailment in the family at the time, and so they still have not been able to celebrate his life outside of the small gathering that we had for the thousands and thousands of people who have lost somebody, whether it was because of COVID or. For other reasons uh during this time uh how have you managed to make the services at least as respectful and as uh accommodating as possible in light of the social distancing and those kinds of of considerations
1: right uh, that's a good question we we have we always maintain professionalism and a and a respect for our families and our uh, the, the students that we serve. Um, we have worked to really change them, the our model of we can't have them in the chapel. We we've had chapel services, but they have to be smaller services. We've had, but we've moved outdoor services. And now that it's warming up, those are going to be a little more difficult. But as now we're able to open more venues, we'll be able to go back in our chapels. Great. 50%.
0: Larry, I'm sorry that we're out of time here going into the news, but I'd like quickly okay. for you to give us a phone number where people can get a hold of Forest Lawn.
1: Sure. 760-328-3112. Great.
0: Thank you so much for joining Forest. us. Point. And you, John. I'll look forward to catching up with you again soon.
1: Okay. Thanks All right. for the time.
0: You bet. Bye-bye. That's Larry Davids joining us from Forest Lawn in Cathedral City.